Hey everybody, it's Tara Bryan and you are listening to Course Building Secrets Podcast. Whether you're a coach or a CEO, the success of your team and clients is based on your ability to deliver a consistent experience and guide them on the fastest path to results. This podcast will give you practical, real-life tips that you can use today to build your online experiences that get results and create raving fans. Why? So you can monetize your expertise and serve more people without adding more time or team to your business. If you're looking to uncover your million-dollar framework, package it and use it to scale, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. I am so excited today to introduce you to my special guest, Robert Peterson from Added, AddedValueForLife.com, right? That's the name of your company. And I'm so excited to welcome him here today to talk about all things course building and, uh, and coaching and building your business and, and all of those different things. So welcome, Robert. So happy to have you here on the show uh, give us a little, you know, sort of highlight of who you are and uh, in your business and what you're about, and we'll go from there. Oh, thank you, Tara, and um, just appreciate the opportunity uh, to share and uh, for the invitation. So, thank you. And yeah, so um, I started a coaching company in 2018 and was mostly doing one-on-one coaching. Um, did, did and moved into group coaching, but all in person um, in 2018, 2019. And, and then, of course, in 2020, um, was forced into the Internet, which um, sounds, you know, for some people would say, well, that's obvious. It should have been you should have been doing that all along. And yet for somebody, you know, I have a pastoral background. I love seeing people in the room. I love, you know reading their body language. I love, you know, being able to hug people and, and greet them and handshake. And um, so the transition to the internet was was harder than it should have been. And uh, taking my platform online, uh, my my existing clients actually handled it very well. Uh, the bigger piece for me was, was marketing because all of my uh, previous marketing had been networking and face-to-face and and that all went away, of course. And so um, figuring out this digital world and how to build an audience and find people um, through the internet uh, was was all new to me. So over the last you know year and a half, been working to to transition myself to to building audiences, you know, electronically. Yeah, and that's that's a big undertaking. So there's so many different directions I want to I want to take this conversation in. So thank you for giving us a little bit of of your background, I think that, um, you know, th- th- this is the reality that so many people have faced in the last couple of years is how do you pivot online? How do you continue to grow your business in a different way when you can't meet with them in person? Um, and so so tell me just like, just on that note, just of it, in and of itself, um, you mentioned connection was one of the things that was the most difficult for you to kind of make that transition, but what like tell me about like when you decided you're not going to just shut down your one-on-one or group coaching in person right when everything kind of exploded um that you were going to take it online what what was sort of your mindset around that like how did how did you reconcile that in terms of like okay I'm going to jump on this you know I don't know if you're using zoom or what you're using and just getting people together 
Yeah, so through my domain, I'd already been using Google Calendar and Google is my email provider, my workspace provider. And and Google Meet was working really hard to to provide you know a higher level of service. You could put a hundred people in a room. It didn't have the a 40 minute limitation like the free Zoom version had. And so my my meetings were an hour long. So I right away said, okay, Google's already paid for, so I'm gonna use Google Meet. It's already linked into my calendar. Um, and so it 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 actually worked. It worked really well. Um, and, you know, the I emailed all my clients and said, you know, this is this is where we're going to meet. Let's let's try this and see, you know, see what it looks like. And so um, the teaching elements changed a little bit because I don't have a whiteboard and I you know, didn't have a whiteboard. You can certainly do electronic whiteboards, but they're not quite not quite the same. Um, I I didn't use a lot of PowerPoint or any of those things, so uh, it it you know it took it took a little bit, but you know for the most part, my paying clients stuck with it and and have have appreciated the transition um, and and got used to it, right? Because everybody was getting used to all of their meetings transition, mm-hmm. so. It, it, my meeting wasn't the only one that that happened to. It happened to all of their meetings. And for some of them, they were just happy to have the same group of people that they'd seen every week, still be able to see those same people. And um, we do a daily check-in, a weekly check-in um, where they just share, you know, what's going on in their business, what's going on in their personal life. And and those check-ins just help them feel like, oh, there's a little bit of normal, right? And mm-hmm everybody's kind of going through some of the same things. Um, in fact, I just had a meeting today and one of the dads shared that his son, you know, had a, an incident and just, you know, got violent and destructive and everybody else all, all seemed to have kids stories that, <laughs> that resonated in, and everybody's, you know, struggling with different things. Um, and so even though we're a business group where the, the groups kind of, you know, become a family, become a, a place of confidence, a place of, you know, so there was hope. There was, it was, there was a lot of positive. This was the one thing that everybody just kept doing um, when all the, a lot of the other groups just stopped. And so we were the one, you know, one of their only in-person groups that had gone online and kept, just kept meeting. Awesome. So one of, what's one of the biggest surprises that you've had in switching online? Um, like the group aspect of it and 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 getting you know, maybe new people or additional people into your program like what what is, what's the biggest surprise that you've had yeah i mean the first was that that it worked so well like that that people adjusted and 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 wanted to meet like <laughs> you know every other group quit you know all their networking groups quit meeting uh their bni groups quit and and so because i I had rolled right into, we didn't skip a week. Like they closed our office space, you know, March 17th. And then, you know, March 25th, we said, all right, we're going to have an online meeting. Um, and so because we didn't skip any meetings, I think there was, there was, there was more buy-in. Um, you know, it wasn't like we had to stop and restart like a lot of groups did. And so mm-hmm. that was, that was really good. Um, the people that we added, to groups um, in those first four months were all people that we had met previously, you know, so met those people face to face 
And now they reached out to us. Hey, what are you doing? Are you still doing, you know, are you still coaching in, in COVID and what's happening? I said, yeah, we still have this groups and there's spots available here and here. And so, you know, the people that we added initially were people that we'd met through networking. Mm -hmm. um, and so figuring out, you know, how do we find audience without networking events, without <laughs> all, the, all the model that we had been using, um, tried some Facebook ads, you know, and, and of course you meet the kid that says, Hey, I'm a Facebook ad guru. I can get you, you know, well, he added 500 people to my list, but I'm not even convinced that there are 500 people that want, you know, want what we have to offer. <laughs> and so um, not, none of it translated into, into calls. And at one point it just feels like you're throwing money in a, in a, in a big black hole. <laughs> so, yeah, um, pretty much. <laughs> you know so so the digital marketing space is just so challenging right um and and you put you put a lead magnet out there and start using a lead magnet and of course i've i've tweaked and changed and and now i'm getting better and better lead magnets that are getting you know more alignment with what what we have to offer so that the people that we're getting to sign up for the lead magnet are already you know, kind of pre-qualified or, or at least good candidates to be, you know, to be clients. Um, and so that's, well, that's yeah, there's nothing more, story. yeah, there's nothing like having to put something online and actually like, you know, get specific about what you are doing and how you're bringing people in than when you're not like in front of them, right? When you're in a networking group, it's a lot easier to explain what you do and, and what, how they would benefit. When you have to put that into a sales page, it does become a little bit more challenging to articulate exactly the value and you know what you're offering and not having that face-to-face -face connection with them. So yeah, that's it's, that's super interesting when you make that transition. You know how to start thinking about it and looking at it a little bit differently. Well, and even the networking group, right? You're choosing a networking group based on who's attending the group, and mm -hmm. and you know eight out of the 10 people in the group would be a good client versus online. <laughs> you could talk to a thousand people. None of them are, you know, the right client, you know, so you just don't have the same kind of group. Um, and, and some of those networking groups eventually, you know, did go online and, and a lot of it just, just, just wasn't the same. And by then I'd already transitioned from, I don't want to be, you know, just targeting people in the city that I'm working in now I'm on, mm -hmm. I'm online. I can target people anywhere in the world that speak English. And so, mm -hmm. so, so that changes, that changes even, you know, my commitment to getting back into those groups. It's like, no, no, I need to do something different to find people in, in this internet space, put myself. Yeah. Out yeah. Just those networking groups that are, you know, for a broader audience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and there aren't necessarily you know, groups where people are, you know, doing that traditional BNI networking or the Chamber of Commerce networking in the internet, right? Like there's Facebook groups and there's LinkedIn things, but they're, they're not quite the, it's not quite the same. <laughs> you know, you have to put yourself out there and, and let people see and pull those people to you. <laughs> and so that's, that's a big, uh, just a big transition, right? What, what have you felt is like, Personally, when you went online, one of the things you mentioned is connection to people. And, you know, when you're seeing them in person, you can give them a hug or a handshake or whatever. Um, one of the things we talk about a lot at Learn Academy, which is 
um, is, which is the program that teaches people how to package and create and sell their online courses, is you can do that without sacrificing customer experience. You can do that without sacrificing the connection that you have and the relationships that you're building with people. So when you ship it online, tell me a little bit about how you personally reconcile that, right? How did you create connection when you were on a computer like this versus being in person with someone? Um, to, to make sure that you, you kept that relationship going. Yeah, so, you know, acknowledging each other is, is a big piece, right? When everybody comes into the room, but then we added, that's part, part where we added this, this personal check-in. And so they rate, their, they rate their week, you know, or where they're at today on a scale of one to 10. And so, you know, oh, today I'm a five because my, you know, my kids got off to school, but they had a rough start. My husband was, didn't get his lunch packed. You know, just, they're able to just, you know, mention a couple of things that, you know, sets, sets the tone for their attitude. And then they do the same about their business. So, you know, business is at a seven. I got a couple of good leads this week and somebody helped me do this. And, and, uh, and so you're, you're getting a feel for everybody in the room. Um, the, the things that you would see on their face or the things that you would ask, you know, over the cup of coffee. Now we're, you know, intentionally asking um, what what's happening. And then, and then everybody shares their win. What, what was your win this week? And so they've got something that we're trying to celebrate together. As, okay. as a group. And so that that's the first 15 minutes of every group uh, meeting. And I think it's, it's helped replace that, you know, the pre, pre-meeting banter right <laughs> um, and, and it really does it it helps everybody have an emotional connection um not just a you know hey we're here to learn and here to do business no it's you know here we're we're a group of people and and we do do all i do all of my uh coaching live and so you know there's no pre-recorded course materials or for that model right um, and, and that's the majority of my business is, is those group sessions. And so um, that connection at the beginning, I think, can really, you know, set the tone for the group um, to, to really care about each other. Um, and I think that, yeah, that's made up for, you know, what in my mind was a big deal. And, and really, everybody had made the same leap. Um, and, and sure, we still want to go out and, and grab a beer or a burger, or, you know, meet together. Um, but the truth is the, the meetings are working and, and people, you know, over, over 18 months now have stuck, stuck it out. And so it's obviously meeting that need. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's so important, right, is, is how do you take sort of what you're doing offline and and find those ways to make those connections, find that way to, to you know, gather people together online. It doesn't have to be that different, right? Like, you know, yes, you may not you know, be able to you know, physically be in the same room as them, but, um, but you certainly can still get to know them and, um, and provide that value and, and build that relationship, even when you're online, even if it's automated, like you're doing it all live right now, but even when it's automated, you also can create that connection. Um, and that relationship with people and, and, you know, kind of making that shift starts to start, starts to give you that idea of, wait a minute, if I want to connect with someone this way, how do I do that? Like, and really being intentional about that. So I love that you're, that you're doing that. Um, that's awesome. 
So I want to take us um, just on a little bit of a tangent for just a second. And I want to talk about um, how you transitioned from kind of what you were doing in ministry and all of that to coaching. Because I think one of the things that a lot of times people struggle with is like, either this is my profession and how do I change it to do something different? Or I have an expertise. How do I package it in a way that, that then is different than, you know, maybe doing what I've been doing in my day job. So can you, can you walk us through a little bit of that transition? Yeah. So um, I spent 20 years in the church. 10 of those years were as a missionary in South America and then 10 years um, as an outreach pastor for a, a large Christian church. And uh, our leadership at the church was transitioning and the new leader um, basically had said, you know, you don't connect very well with the audience. And uh, so we probably won't have you preaching as often as you were. And so I was, you know, six, six to eight times a year was all. And so it wasn't a lot, but um, it, it was something that, that I definitely enjoyed. And, and so um, right after that, this ad, I think even on Facebook, which at the time I wasn't even on Facebook, um, for John Maxwell was offering this training for speaker, trainers, coaches. And so um, it's actually a, a God thing or you know, universe thing. And uh, so I made an appointment. They, you make an appointment. They call you back and explain the whole program. Um, you know, it's like $6,000 <laughs> for this three-day weekend. And and I literally, when the girl, when the lady said it, I, I laughed. I'm like, you know, that's not even, <laughs> that's not even in the possibilities. Like that's more money than I spent on my car. Um, and, and then I hung up the phone and I texted a friend. I didn't even call him. I texted him and I said, Hey, I've got a chance to do this program that I think will make me a better speaker and, and will give me the tools to, to make me a better preacher and uh, he's like, yeah, dude, I got it. I'll cover it. Like, and so. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so three days later, not only was I going, but my wife was going with me. Um, and my wife and I went and got trained as uh, speaker trainer coaches through John Maxwell's um, training program. And so that was in February. And by May, it was pretty clear my job was going away. Um, and so um, it went from be a better speaker at the church to maybe I can use this coaching and, and, you know, become a coaching, you know, leadership consultant, become a consultant of, of some sort, you know, just wasn't sure. Um, but then when my wife and I sat down and reflected on it, the 10 years I was in South America, I was coaching pastors like, so these pastors, Colombian pastors were really passionate about preaching and teaching, but they had no idea how to treat the church and run the church like a business. And so a big part of my role was helping them set up all the business systems and processes for the church. So the church had, was, was more legitimate um, and, and would have, you know, better opportunity to last longer because it had these systems in place you know, for handling their finances and for how they treated and tracked people and um, all the, just all the things that happen behind the scenes in a church. And so I recognized 
that those 10 years were coaching. And then even in my role as an outreach pastor, um, one of the things that I took very seriously was our relationship with the 12 different missionaries we supported around the world. I went and visited all of them and was building to, to change that from a transactional relationship where they received a check from the church to, to a real relationship where they felt like you know, they had a connection to the church. Um, only so that if something bad happens, a missionary that's transactional can't tell you that something bad is happening because you'll take away the money <laughs> versus, you know, if you have a relationship and you can say, hey, this is this is happening. I know you won't take away the money because I know you want to help us through it. And that's really what and, and really those were coaching relationships as well. And so recognizing I've been I've been coaching, I've been counseling couples, I've been, you know, premarital counseling, I've been doing um, mediation counseling and, and helping people with conflict and all of those things and recognizing this isn't this isn't something new. This is something I've actually been doing all along. Now we're going to do it for a different audience. Um, and mm -hmm. so just really felt like um, it took a little bit in the beginning. I thought, oh, I'll go in and do corporate training and do these leadership things and get into all these big companies. And of course, that's really hard to get into. Um, but my heart was really for entrepreneurs and really for the folks that are bootstrapping in their businesses. And um, so that that's really networking really brought that out and and allowed me to to build an audience of of entrepreneurs sales professionals that are that are working on their own but now they can have this group that is going with them and they're not they're not alone they're you know they're all going in the same direction and and they all want you know the same things essentially they want to make more money they want to be more successful and and as a group we can we can help them you know be accountable and and have other people you know that care for them and and know what they're doing and have their back, right? <laughs> Unlike their family or friends, which they trusted and want to tell. And they, as soon as they say, well, I'm going to go start my own business. And they're all going to say, you're nuts. Right. Don't do that. Oh, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and I love that. So I love, I love your, your sort of transition for a couple different reasons. One is very rarely is it a direct path from here to here, right? Like when you decide to pivot or shift or even just kind of, claim your superpower it's not necessarily always that like very direct way of doing that so I love hearing that story and how you sort of uncovered your superpowers even to hear that maybe one thing that you thought was your superpower wasn't but there were all these other clues of things that you were doing and you were doing really well and you wanted to continue doing that that sort of brought you to that point of now being able to step fully into that coaching role and helping people um, in that way versus even you know kind of the speaking aspect of, of, of it because there's so many different I mean every every expertise every industry has lots of different ways that you can show up and help people um, so I, I love hearing hearing that you found that thing and then we're able to take it and um, and really do awesome things with it. Well, even even the coaching model, right? Choosing, you know, a one-on-one -on -one coaching model to to do the things I want to do. I need to charge, you know, four hundred, five hundred dollars an hour, um, which is doable. 
but even there it's it's limited and then the audience i've chosen entrepreneurs typically can't afford you know for when they need the help can't afford 400 or 500 dollars an hour uh and so that's kind of what led into the group model and it, it really became like a biblical like a discipleship group you know you're helping people grow <laughs> and so it's very similar to to the kind of groups that we would set up in church to help people grow our focus is now business and and growing business but but the the idea of working in a group and of course the power of the mastermind you know the whole group elevates everybody mm -hmm. else so um that really grew out of you know the combination of recognizing a, I can make this more affordable for people by putting 10 people in the room at the same time. And and B, they actually help each other more than I can help them because now we have 10 brains, <laughs> 10 brains at the table um, that can help somebody deal with their thing, deal with their stuff in such a better, you know, there's so much more value in, in that environment, um, especially right. for growing business. You know, it's not like marriage mm -hmm. can need privacy. <laughs> Right, right, exactly. Well, and um, and and the fact that you know it saves you time, right? So you're not doing all one-on-one. -on -one. You're able to to do the group where you're able to scale your time and your efforts to be able to help more people. But absolutely, getting people together is what makes the the biggest difference. Um, I I also love about your story the fact that you reached out to somebody to get help. You knew you needed a train, additional training. You knew that you needed a different system. So not only did you reach out to get that help, but I also love the fact that like somehow you got an investor to invest in your development and like pay for, pay for that to happen. So I love that part of your story. And I think for anyone who's listening, you know, there is there there are options, right? And there are different ways to get the you know to finance different. Your, your personal development than just having to pay out of pocket. Um, so so I, I love that part of your story. That's a little surprise I didn't know about, but that's, um, that's super cool that you were able to do that. Because I think sometimes people would say, what's too expensive, I'm not going to do it. Instead of how can I make this happen? Um, you know, the fact that you got, you got that um, level of investment to help with your personal development, which I think is phenomenal. The next question I have for you is, if, you, if somebody's listening and they're in that place where they know that what they're doing isn't necessarily exactly maybe following their superpower or something, you know, isn't something exactly what they should be doing, what's your advice for them? Like your number one tip for them in terms of how they can take what they're doing to the next level? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to try it, right? Yeah, you, you have to try things. You have to do something. And so you got to pick, you got to pick a direction and hope it's your passion. <laughs> and and try it and i think i think you'll find it in the doing right you'll you'll start because that that's what happened you know for me i did a few company things i did you know did did some trainings but then really started attracting entrepreneurs um more so than than these company gigs and and it just started it feels it just starts to feel right um but i think sitting back and trying to figure it out, right? Write it down on paper and, and think you're going to come up with the right thing without taking action is just not going to happen. And so I think you, you have to just try something. 
try it. Yep. If it doesn't work, change it. Right. And, and that's really the entrepreneurial journey. <laughs> um, it, mm-hmm. it, it's really as simple as that. Try it. Okay. Change it and make it better. Um, that's how it's got to work in marketing. It's got to, how it's got to work in, in your creating a program, you know, even finding your ideal audience. Um, there are a few people mm-hmm. that, that, that just know their niche, right. And, and, and they just naturally gravitate to it. But even then you've got to try stuff and, and tweak it, change it, get better. And, and, and I think then, then your passion and purpose can, can align, but I think mm-hmm. they only, they only can align in action. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to actually jump in and do it. And the other part about that is expect that you're going to have to make some changes, right? Like, you know, maybe, maybe um, not having it work is almost as important as when it does work. Oh yeah. So it's not failing, it's learning and you can only do it through action. I love that. That's awesome advice. Okay, so give us one resource or tool or book or something um, that you love that's really impacted your ability to um, step into your superpower as a coach and consultant. Well, since you mentioned superpower, um, my mom, in the midst of all this, at the same time as building my business, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and, and placed into memory care. And so studying the mind and 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 being intentional about my mind and my client's mind. So I'm very holistic in dealing with, you know, their body, mind, and spirit are, are all important in, in their entrepreneurial journey. And so Jim Quick has a book called Limitless. And mm-hmm. Jim, as a young boy, was had a, fell and hit his head on a, on a radiator and had brain damage. Um, and, and so grew up as the, as the broken brain kid um, but and in his college years was introduced to a mentor who encouraged him to read Think and Grow Rich and Wallace D. Waddles and, and um, all of these personal development books. And Jim created the book Limitless, really about applying your mind. And so he, he's got a section on mindset and then a section on mastery. And and really a, a section on, on how to do it, right? Improve your memory, improve um, your, your retention, improve your networking and your ability to remember names. Um, so the tools are all in there too. So he's got great, great stories, great reasons why. And then, and then really the tools, the tools to master that. And I think conquering your mind and having your mindset right can be so powerful as a foundation for for building anything. Um, so that's an awesome book. I, I think that I have it in my library. I have like hundreds and hundreds of books in my library, but I'm definitely going to go check that one out. Um, but I think mindset is so critical because if your mind isn't in the right place, the rest is not going to follow, right? Like being able to just, you know, get, get that set. What would you, what would you say is like a key mindset um, I don't know, attitude or behavior that you have that's helped you through this journey? Um, I said, I guess my willing to question the voice in my head. Um, Mm. And so when the voice in my head says no, or that won't work, or you can't do that, I'm always willing to say, well, why not? You know, what do you mean? (laughs) You know, isn't that interesting? Right. And, And so having that conversation with the voice in my head, I think the biggest thing was, 
um, and it's a different author that basically wrote about the the voice in your head is not you. And so you don't have to take the voice in your head as serious as you take yourself, right? And so um, just just being willing to question that voice and and, mm-hmm. and, and challenge it, right? And so um, I like planting seeds in the evening for my subconscious to, to wrestle with while I sleep. And so sometimes those can be, you know, well, well, why did you say that, right? Or, you know, why do you think that? Is that really true? Um, mm-hmm. And and so even challenges in my in my business, like you know, how how will I get the next ten clients? Is a question I'll ask at night before I go to bed. Just and let that be the thing that you know I sleep on. I love that. I you know what I think I I do that all the time, but I never really thought about that that was an intentional practice, right? Like I'll be like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna like. And I do this a lot when I'm uh, about to go speak. So if I'm speaking the next day, I will run through the entire thing in my head right before I go to bed. And then like, I dream about it all night in terms of, you know, like processing through that. Um, but that's so fascinating because I don't know if I've ever really put language to that before that, that I'm actually like asking my subconscious to, to go through and solve a particular problem while I'm sleeping. Nice. I love that. That's super yeah, so- cool. So I talk about morning routines all the time, but I tell people your morning routine starts with your evening routine and everybody's like evening routine. And so, yeah, there's just two or three things you can do at night to set yourself up for a successful morning, you know, turning off your devices an hour before you go to bed, um, walking through those, those, those questions, you know, setting the five things or three to five things that you want to do tomorrow, um, setting those intention, right? Write those down. Um, and then asking you, asking your brain those questions that you want it to, to work on while you're sleeping. And then those are the last things that your brain is processed. And it's got, you know, seven or eight hours to to work on those things and focus on those things instead of just, you know, whatever was the last sitcom you watched. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and that's interesting because I tend to, you know, like if I'm thinking about something that happened during the day and like processing through that, like it's much more productive for me to think about like, what are the things I need to process for the next day in terms of what I want to do versus like rehashing maybe something that happened during the day. So I love that. That's awesome. Very cool tip. All right, cool. So for everyone who is looking to find you, how can um, they find you? Obviously we put things in the show notes, but give us a little shout out in terms of um, what my audience can do to find you. Yeah. So um, I have a podcast called Add Value to Entrepreneurs and uh, a lot of great episodes. We interview entrepreneurs or people that can support or help entrepreneurs um, with tools or tips or things. And so a lot of great stories that we try to put out there there. And so you can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, it's also available in video on my website and YouTube. So add value, the number two entrepreneurs.com. And then my website, um, add value to life. Dot com. And, uh, you know, essentially it became my personal goal just to, I want to be a person that, that adds value to others in every situation. And so whether it's the grocery, you know, the grocery store clerk that's checking me out, the, the waitress that's, you know, serving us dinner or just somebody, even I'm walking by when I walk my dogs, I want to smile. I want to, you know, I want to leave them better than I found them. And, and so in business, I want to help you know, entrepreneurs 
reach that next level and and continue to just add value and and give give all I can to help them get to that next level. Awesome. Very cool. Thank you so much, Robert, for being on the show. Appreciate you being here and um, and check out his information down in the show notes. Thanks for the invitation. Sure appreciate it, Tara. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. The best thing you can do is to take action on an idea or tip that resonated with you. To help you take action, I have a free gift for you that you can download in the show notes. During each episode, we publish an action plan worksheet and other helpful takeaways from our speakers in the course Building Secrets Creators Lab. To register for free, click on the link in the show notes. Enjoy. Hey, everybody, wanted to come on at the end of this episode and let you know about an event that's coming up in August of 2023. So we are super excited to announce the second annual Gamify My Course Camp five-day challenge that's coming up. It is totally free. And listen, what it's going to do is help you think about how do you add participation? How do you add more engagement and opportunities for your people to actually get results in your online programs? And each day, we're going to jump on live with actionable tips for you to be able to do that. So I would love to invite you to sign up for the Gamify My Course Camp, which is going to be August 7th through the 11th with a special bonus session on the 14th. So come and join us. Can't wait to see you at camp this year because listen, your kids get to go to camp, other people get to go to camp, so I think over the summer we should all go to camp as well. All right, so we're going to do fun activities like tug of war and um, archery practice and different things like that. So go check out our page at uh, bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash 20. 23 underscore gamify. That is how you can get a hold of us. In the show notes, there should be a QR code and this link for you to jump on and register. It's totally free and would love to see you on August 7th. All right, there you go. Have a great day.